Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Hey, Brad. What's up, Adam? Oh, dude, you know, just feeling real chill. You look good, you feel good. Oh, and when you look good and you feel good, you pod good. Darn right. And what's the best way that we can pod good? Put Koi CBD in your body. So great. I'm so glad that these guys jumped on as the sponsors. CBD oil is the hottest thing in health right now. You watch the news. Every day there's a new study about how good this stuff is oh, yeah. and the benefits of it. We're one press conference away from Trump being like, this is why <laughs> my cheeseburgers <laughs> taste so good. They've got Koi CBD oil in them. CBD, if you don't know what it is, it's not weed. That's a big misconception. It's an yep. oil derived from an industrial hemp plant that has no psychoactive effects. So you get the medical benefits from the hemp plant without getting the high, man. It's a great natural alternative to over-the-counter and pharmaceutical drugs. Now, there's a lot of uh, uses for CBD oil. Absolutely. Uh, creams, uh, tinctures, uh, vapes, gummies, which Koi all provides. I fuck with the gummies every morning because yeah. it starts my day off with a very relaxed, chill, meditative. Uh, I just feel dialed in. There's got to be something in the these gummies that also, you know, gives your brain an extra level of, of uh, coherentness. Is that the word? Well, because you, you probably it makes a, you make up words. You <laughs> took a gummy before you said that. That's for sure. And I do the same thing, but I have the but I have the oils. I, I just take the CBD yeah. oil. I put it in my tea, and then I'm I'm good to go for You're the a rest tea guy of the day. Now. Is that is that from being married? I mean, I, I I don't know what it is. I'm a, tea is great though. I'm I'm a tea guy because it makes me feel good. And yeah. CBD oil, koi CBD oil, makes me feel even better. They got all sorts of flavors. They got what are the pe- flavors? They got peppermint. They Oof. got lemon lime. They got blue raspberry. They got all these all these different things. They are the fruity pebbles of CBD oil. <laughs> People use it too for pain, anxiety, inflammation. My mom uses the uh, koi uh, topical creams for yeah. arthritis, and she straight yep. up told me she's like, I don't hurt like I hurt before. That's a great slogan. And I'm like, that is so on and real and that's coming from a Jewish mom yeah. and as you said they don't uh they don't lie. They don't lie. This stuff works so well. I'm scared to rub the lotion on me because I think it might cure my dwarfism. <laughs> and then what the fuck am I going to joke about? Well, Koi CBD, uh, all these products are manufactured in the USA with 100% natural CBD oil. Uh, it's the best tasting product on the market, as yep. we've attested to the flavors. We've tried a bunch. People have come to us all the time. Trying to be like, yo, can we sponsor? We haven't found the one we've liked until now. And uh, they're uh, America's number one trusted CBD brand. All the products are uh, THC-free. And uh, it's a family-owned and operated um, uh, company. And uh, if you want to fuck with Koi, which you should, because we do, and we can't uh, talk about how much we love their products enough, uh, the gummies, the tinctures, the creams, uh, the tinctures, the drops. Dude, I put a couple drops in before I go to bed. And it also makes it easier to drink coffee, because coffee gives me a little bit of anxiety. Yep. Now it calms me down. Um, so I love that. If you want it, go to KoiCBD.com right now. Put in promo code about last night, all one word, all caps, for 20% off any retail order from the website. Koi cbd.com promo code about last night for 20 percent off the order start feeling good start living good start looking good start dwarfing good start dwarfing good <laughs> the official uh dwarf uh sponsor koi is the official cbd sponsor of dwarves can i say that i'm pretty sure <laughs> 
You've got proof. I'm, I'm a dwarf. I'll bring it up in the next meeting. And now enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. This Saturday, I will be at the Golden State Theater with Adam Carolla in Monterey, California, for Adam Carolla is unprepared. If you want to come see Adam Ray live, come see me at the Golden State Theater this Saturday at... Uh, at the Golden State Theater in Monterey, California. And then August 20th, I will be a part of the Goddamn Comedy Jam 20, uh, sorry, 25th anniversary show. It'll be 20 soon um, at the Roxy Theater. That's Tuesday, uh, August 20th. Uh, and then Wednesday, August 21st, big show. I'm headlining one night only, the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California. I need all my Irvine people to come out. Irvine, California, uh, August 21st, 8 p.m. show. Tickets at adamraycomedy.com. And then a bunch of, uh, of other tour dates coming up. August 22nd through the 25th, Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California. Uh, and then Gotham Comedy Club in New York. Uh, so many shows coming up. And then I'm hitting the road with Dan Cook for a little bit. And uh, doing Radio City Music Hall in New York, September 14th. Holy shit. All that ticket info at adamraycomedy.com. Brad Williams, uh, this weekend, the 15th, <clears throat> excuse me, through the uh, 17th, is in Indianapolis at Helium Comedy Club. Go see Brad. Tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Today's episode is a beast. I mean, literally. We're talking uh, wrestler, actor, podcaster, writer. Um, this guy, just a musician uh, with uh, lead singer of the band Fozzie. Um WWE, Raw, Superstars, uh, Heavyweight Champ. The dude is just a beast. Um, and uh, and we got him because of Brad. He's, Brad's going on his cruise. I'm talking about Chris Jericho making his ALN debut. This guy just does it all. And his story, um, how he got into wrestling was really uh, insane. You know, it's a world I know little about, but I've gotten more privy to uh, being buds with Brad. And... Uh, Man, I asked some questions that he gave some insane answers to, and um, it's just a, a a really incredible world to be a part of, and the grind is similar to to comedy, um, and how he got into it, and the way he's reinvented himself over and over again, and uh, his music career, his podcast talk is Jericho. Um, we get into all that, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of really. <laughs> Fucking great laughs in this one. Uh, so enjoy it. Go uh, see Chris live. Got a bunch of tour dates with his band. All that tour info at chrisjericho.com. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at I am Jericho, J-E-R-I-C-H-O. Follow me at Adam Ray Comedy, at Funny Brad, at Alan Podcast. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for past and present eps. Uh, AdamRayComedy.com for tickets. BradWilliamsComedy.com for tickets. ShopAdamRay.com for all the Adam Ray merch. My album, Read the Room, on Spotify, Amazon, Google Play. Go get it. Read the Room. Listen to my, uh, my album. And then come see me do my new hour on the road. Um, She-Ra Season 3 dropped on Netflix. I am Swift Win, the talking horse sidekick. So go watch that shit on Netflix through DreamWorks. And uh, email us at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com. we got a bunch of fun uh, updates and announcements coming and a bunch more great guests. So subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, tell your friends, tell your family, give us a five-star rating, and comment on that iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. Now that we got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one, the only, Chris Jericho. 
Well, the weekend's over and it's time to chat about it. It's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down? Eh? So why don't you sit hey, down? Listen to our dope podcast. Whether lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of day. So come over and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. So we talk about forgetting names. Uh, when you're backstage, when when you're backstage at a wrestling event, do you call Undertaker Taker? Yeah, Undertaker. Do you go by <laughs> like Taker? Yeah. Do you do you go by the wrestling names? Do you go by their personal names, Mister U? Uh, it's funny. It's, 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 you know, that's actually a really good. I was going to my boss. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, so there are guys that you'll call by their gimmick name. Yeah. And there's guys you'll call by your real name. And there's like Kurt Angle would always call guys mm-hmm. Edge, Christian, Y2J. There's no Adam, J, Chris. Yeah. So he would always call you by your gimmick name. Then yeah. there's other guys like Triple H, who was Trip H, Trip. But yeah. Now it's Paul because he's an executive, which is weird <laughs> for the old school guys like me who still want to call him Trip. Right. Uh, and then you get Taker. Yeah. Who's, yeah, that's Taker. Yeah. Only guy that calls him Mark is Vince. Okay. And so, that's it. But I could call him Mark, but he's Taker. He's, he's, yeah, he's fucking yeah. Taker. And he's the Fonz, right? Does anyone have, does it, does anyone call Vince something other than Vince? Do they call, do they call him Vin, V-neck? Vinnie Mac. Vinnie Mac. The proper nomenclature when you're sending emails or texts amongst the company is VKM. VKM. VKM says. Wow. VKM says. And actually, in my phone, yeah. you know, you have the, the muscle memory text. If I type yeah. in V, it yeah. goes to VKM instantly okay. every time. So yeah, VKM is, is the preferred. Yeah, because I know when we were on the uh, Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, the greatest goddamn vacation you'll ever go on. Are uh, <laughs> moms allowed? Could, could my mom go potentially if yeah. she wanted well, to get away? My stepmom was there. She's, she was on stage dancing with Fozzie along with Brad. <laughs> oh, Everybody had fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, you, you, you did the live uh, Talk as Jericho and you had uh, Ray Mysterio on and you yes. and you would call him by his real name Oscar and the crowd would just be like, oh! I know, that's the thing. I've, n- I've never called him Ray, ever. Yeah. I always call him Oscar. He's yeah. Oscar to me. Yeah. Uh, or Wee Wito. That's what's <laughs> But um, so when I call him Oscar, they're like, oh, he's giving it away. It's like, guys, come on, this ain't 1982. You yeah. know his name is Oscar Gutierrez. Yeah, it's on Google. Everybody. You can go and see him without a mask on for about five years in WCW as well when they made him take his mask off. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So, yeah, but I just, I, and it's not trying to be, I realized it was, I, must, I might, must be sounding pretentious, or, but mm-hmm. I actually call him. Oscar. Yeah. Conan. Yeah. Everyone calls him Carlos, but I never call him Carlos. He's Conan. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, just whatever you K-Dog, do. But Conan. Hey, Conan, what's up? So that, it's funny because, you know, Chavo. Chavo Guerrero. His name is not Chavo. It's Sal. Mm-hmm. But I've never called him Sal once ever in my life, nor will I ever. He's Chavo to be Chavs. What's up, yeah. Chavs? You know? And then I don't know what Christy Canyon's real name is, but I will always call the porn star Christy Canyon. <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I think but, that's... But, but, but you don't know her, right? Like, if yeah. you yeah. knew her, they might be different, you know? How often are um, your guys' crowds uh, looking for beef to invest in, and how much are you guys thinking of trying to give them things? Like, even you just saying, like, calling him Oscar, and everyone was like, oh, like, thinking that might be well, something. I, mean, I, I think 
think, yeah, it's probably the same when you're a comedian, or, or it's it's hard to say something seriously when you're in front of a crowd because yeah. mm-hmm. everybody's expecting that everything you say is a dig or a joke right. or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think in that case, um, yeah, they, they think oh, Jericho's fucking with 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 Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking with a guy like when I first met Mysterio, it's the same thing I met Marco Stunt the other day. Show mm-hmm. me some ID. Mm-hmm. I want to know what I'm dealing with. Like I remember I, the first time I met Oscar Ray. Yeah, I was in a hotel room uh, in Mexico City called the Plaza Madrid, and okay. I had just basically moved in there. And the Plaza, Plaza Madrid was the place where all the foreigners stayed, and there was a group mm-hmm. of us. And some of us worked for AAA, and some of us worked for CMLL. Okay, and I had met Art Bar Love Machine. Through Eddie, how do you get that name? I mean, <laughs> machine for himself, but he was just machine. Yeah. I never called. What about call him? Oh, yeah. Well, someone called Burt Kreischer. Yeah. <laughs> but he he came to my door and well, you want to hang out for a bit. And when, you know, when you're 22 years old, what's hanging out mean? Well, it's drink and get fucked up. Yeah, sure. So he comes to the door with this little kid, mm-hmm. and he walks in the room, and the little kids in there, and he's saying f this and f that and. Screw that. I'll, I'll do this thing that people always ask me. Like, am I allowed to swear on this? Yes, yeah, of sure. course. Dude. Say everything. Especially um, when you're talking about a kid doing it. Because well, exactly. <laughs> kids are the coolest swears. Kid coming in, right? Yeah. And yeah. He, he's F-bomb this and F-bomb that. And then Art pulls out a joint. He's like, dude, come here. What are you doing? <laughs> we can get in trouble. You're smoking a joint from this. You're saying he's like, oh, he's not a kid. He's like 18 years old. I'm okay. like, bullshit. <laughs> I said, hey, show me some ID. Yeah. And he showed me this Oscar Gutierrez. It was Ray Mysterio. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he looked so young and he was so small. He and still I, does. But, but he, he, he's, but I'll tell you what though, he's always, especially, he trains hard. Like he's yeah. jacked. He's a yeah. little yeah. brick shithouse. But I remember this. He said to me, um, I said, show me ID. What's your name? Well, I'm I'm, I'm Ray Mysterio, and, and hopefully someday I'll get to wrestle you. I'm thinking, good luck, kid. <laughs> yeah. Lucky if you can carry my jacket. <laughs> back, you know? So, um, and here we go. And you know, once again, I think probably 2009 I had one of my favorite feuds of my career against Ray Mysterio, and he's one of my favorite all time opponents. Yeah. One of my best friends. But I, first day I met him, show me your ID. Yeah. I always said that with Brad, but then he had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say uh, the the two times I've met Ray uh, Oscar, it was. Weird for me because I pro wrestling, even when you guys are on TV, it's larger than life. And then I meet Ray and it's like, you are three inches taller than me. <laughs> yeah. He is not a large man. And then he's jumping, he's jumping over the ropes and doing flips and just beating up guys that are, uh, he had a couple matches with the big show, like yeah. seven foot six the, or whatever. The, the, the thing, the thing with crazy. him though is, is he wrestles bigger than he is. Yeah. There's big guys that wrestle smaller. And what I mean is like Mysterio, he'll kick you. Mm, and he'll yeah. punch you and he'll drop kick you where there's contact. Mm. Eddie Guerrero was like that too. You 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 get into it with Eddie and he's he he fights like a giant. Yeah. So that's why it's believable because when Ray gets his, his moment, like you have like I always felt bad for the big show because if you're gonna work with him and he's so he's that tight, super nice guy, super tough. Yep. A guy like me mm-hmm. has to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Like when I get my offense, I have to hit you hard or else it's gonna look stupid. Yeah. yeah. So he's taking a Punches. beating worse than if I was working against, you know, John Cena or something. Yeah, he, he can, took a punch to the face from Floyd Mayweather. And told him to punch him in the face. Oh, my God. A legit For punch real? to the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. He got down on his knees, punched him in the face. He, told, he said, you, you better punch me. And Floyd broke his nose. But Big Show will tell you <laughs> they were going into a main event at WrestleMania to where he was very well compensated for that broken nose gotcha. because yeah. they made a lot of money. And that's what a professional does. Punch yeah. me. I don't think he said break my nose, but he said punch me. And right. Floyd punched him and broke his nose. And <laughs> yeah. then they went on and probably made a nice 
high six. Seize uh, Candies now sells chocolate noses. Of his, uh, <laughs> there you go again. Yeah. Wait, but, so what, how, if you have to, um, uh, you're going up against somebody that you are, does it help to be friends with them? Like anything just for the level of comfort and the uh, I trust? Think, or? I think once you get to a certain level, like in Mexico, I'm talking, or, or early days in Japan, like some of the guys are a little bit assholes to you. They were trying mm-hmm. to stake their claim and get this foreign right. They're gringo, obviously, in Mexico, yeah. Gaijin in Japan, which I just found out Gaijin is now similar to, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's a derogatory term. It, oh. it used to be, but now if you say Gaijin, it's like, Kind of saying the N word or something. I said, "Well, can I?" Then I'm like a rapper now. I can call myself. Gaijin, right? <laughs> so, hey, that's my word. Yeah, I exactly. Can say I that. can say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't call me that, but I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, those I mean, those early days. I remember in Mexico getting into some fist fights in, in during a match, and, and wrestling, of course, mm-hmm. is a show. You're putting yeah. on a performance, but you're not. But you're towing that line of of getting truly. Well, and once in a while, you'll take a live round. Yeah, you, you know. But sure. in this case, it's just some. You know, skinny, fat, drunk Mexican guy punching me in the face because he thinks I'm going to take it. It's not part yeah. of the Long show. guy. Yeah. I remember the first, my first match ever for FMW in Japan. It was 1991. I was 20 years old, and it was a six man tag match. And it mm-hmm. was funny because we went there. I went there with Lance Storm. Okay, I know that. And is. we go there, and it's our very first night. And Lance is so sad. He's, he's despondent. He said, "We're not on the show tonight." I go, "What do you mean we're not on the show?" He goes, "Look, the cards on the wall. They always put the card. Yeah, yeah. match on the wall." And he goes, we're not on it. I go and look, and I go from the bottom, because I'm expecting we're in the bottom, all the way up to the top, main event. I'm like, oh, no, we're on the show. We're here. Kleiss and Runtz for Chris and Lance. Oh. They spelled it Kleiss, <laughs> literally, C-L-I-S-E-R-U-A. Kleiss and Runtz. And, and this other cat against three Japanese guys. So we get oh, in man. there, and one of the guys was a guy called Weda. And anybody that worked with Weda, he he uh, was not a trained wrestler. He was a, he was a kickboxing champion. Oh, man. And that they, they, FMW, would have like real kickboxers and real boxers and just say, well, just don't hit people as hard. They knew nothing about wrestling, yeah. but that was kind of, it was frontier martial arts wrestling. This guy was kicking the shit out of me, and finally I was like, fuck this. I went to the floor, <laughs> yeah. I grabbed the proverbial steel chair, and I came in there, and I hit that motherfucker in the head <laughs> as hard as I could. <laughs> and I remember he looked at me almost like, uh, uh, what's the what's the big guy's name in Blazing Saddles? Mongo. Oh, Mongo. Oh, yeah, he almost yeah, looked yeah. like Mongo, like, why'd you do that? <laughs> but he never... Kick me with those stiff kicks again. Wow. And that wow. was, that was you, you had to send that message. You had to. But when you get further up the ranks, like mm-hmm. in WWE or AEW or Impact or, you know, everybody's cool. It might be some guys that rub you the wrong way, but we're sure. professionals. Yeah. You yeah. You're not going to go, you know, on set, on stage, in the ring, and, and legit try and hurt somebody. Yeah. You're you know? there. You, you got to that position because. Because, you yeah. Are, yeah, because and, you are professional. And everybody else has too. Yeah. Right? And the, yeah, so like that would be, so was that moment with the guy who was kicking you? Cause I always hear these stories with wrestlers coming up that there was their, Hey, welcome to pro wrestling yeah. kid. And then they actually hit them like really fucking sure, hard sure, sure, a sure. lot. Like, was that kind of your, I, I don't pro think wrestling? it was that so much as, is as a, he was just stiff to begin yeah. with. We call it stiff. Like he was, sure. uh, and B, I was, I was a foreigner you mm. know, in the main event first night in and I was 20 years old so Dang. long blonde hair who's this who's this you know punk ass looking bitch well sure you know and, and I grew up on the mean streets of Winnipeg brother I'll throw <laughs> with any time the mean ghettos <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's Winnipeg, where you Manitoba. started I know you were a bouncer there for a little bit yeah I was a bouncer in Calgary, in Calgary. which okay. was a great I've been uh, in Calgary. a great job yeah. to have when you start because I wasn't wrestling much but sometimes you would get a call 
uh, there's an opening this Friday or you've got a match in three weeks. So mm-hmm. I could go to my boss, whose name was Tom Kurtovic, and he, he passed away of, of cancer a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for Tom, I'm not going to say that I, I – obviously, he, he really helped me in the early sure. years. And Lance worked there too because if you needed three weeks off for a Japanese tour – no problem. He was a wrestling fan. He appreciated mm-hmm. us. If you wow. needed a, a quick Friday off because you got a gig, you know, two hours away in some, you know, cattle town in Alberta, you'd get the night off. So you had to have a boss that understood it. Because yeah. if not, you can't take three weeks off of any job. Yeah. No. What if his one thing was curling and he was like, nah, this is bullshit. If you're going to curl, yeah, you can have a month off. That's right. But fuck this wrestling That's bullshit. right. And in Canada, everybody, everybody's ant curls. That's a kid. Everyone's ant curls. But yeah, so, so, so I was a bouncer in Calgary. How much experience um, just doing that could translate into? Well, the funny thing was, though, like, I was like, you know, it was like kind of like Roadhouse, this place we mm-hmm. worked at. And they were trying to turn it around. It was, uh, it was funny because the place was called Malarkey's. Yes, dude. And they had this thing awesome. called Psychedelic Thursdays, which was their big Thursday night. And I don't know why it was called Psychedelic Thursdays. It was basically just classic rock night. You did okay. like Fog sure. Hat and freaking you know, Foreigner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they would draw a certain uh, a certain uh, contingency of basically drug dealers and scalpers. I remember when I was a scalper. Yeah. His name was Randy. Scalper guy. He would always have all this money because he was like the king scalper in town. Mm-hmm. And it was a rough place, but we were able to, you know, they brought it. It was just like Roadhouse. Brought in a whole new crop of bouncers. We we're all cool guys. Don't don't fight. Yeah. We don't want to fight. If there's a problem, just get the guys out. But let's make this a nicer place where yeah, people can come sure. and not have to worry. And my job was uh, was I had to count how many people were inside the bar. At so all they times. Give, they give, yeah. So yeah. they give you the little clicker. Yeah. Now, I would always start and then get mixed up or see some hot chick and lose my train of thought. And like, <laughs> what if I counted this person on? So I would count and I'd come back with either like there's 80 people in here or there's 350 people in here. Someone else would do it. Well, there's actually 150. Like, there's, like I was either too low or too high. So they yeah. took that job away from me. And then my job was to just sit in the back, uh, stand by the DJ booth and just kind of observe. AK just talked to chicks and listened to music. Oh, yeah. That's what I all I ever did. Wow. There you go. If there was a fight, then you would have it. But we were able to clean it up. So it wasn't like I learned one move as a bouncer yeah, I was gonna say. that yeah. I used okay. one time in an altercation, the famous altercation that I had with a giant backstage at a wrestling show once. Uh, I think I know this altercation. Yes. You'll am see, am you'll I allowed to say it? Yeah, please, you say it. Goldberg. Right, exactly. Okay. I, I don't want to get into the whole thing because we're friends now and he hated me for 10 years. Because <laughs> basically, if you push someone's chin. Yeah. Down to their chest. Yeah. You'll you'll knock them out because you can't breathe. If I came up behind you right now, Adam, and pushed the back of your head into your chest. For listeners, he's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm tucking my chin to my chest. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can. You Whoa. Can, yeah. You, that- you can pass if if I just push some pressure. If Dude, I get you in almost front, throw up headlock, in my mouth just doing that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> people don't know that. So that and then what? And then I, I just take it like in a front face lock to where I'm pushing your your head into oh, your dude, chin. Oh, dude, yeah, I can kiss equal goodbye. I'm going to bed. After You're going to sleep. Yeah, that's my one move. But that move, Adam is, Ray is going to be the first person to choke himself out. Yeah. <laughs> Auto asphyxiation. Is that a in that? <laughs> that's a trick. Um, Wait, so, so that he, was the one move that I learned. And you don't use that in a wrestling ring, but you could use no. it in a, in a street fight yeah, or a in an altercation. Did you ever get bummed that things didn't? Escalate to a point like we ever sitting there being like, "There's no like, there's a lack of action. Uh, there's was, too many chicks to talk to. I need some yeah. dudes to rough I up." I was never that type of guy, man. Like I, I was not like you know, I I would get in fights if you needed it to, but I I didn't want to get in. Yes, yeah. I remember one time there was a there was like a bunch of, of bikers came out. I'm going to say Hell's Angels. They weren't, but I'll say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, sure. Because I don't remember what they were called. <laughs> yeah. um, 
probably, you know, like Calgary's finest with three fucking <laughs> fat guys in yeah. leather jackets. It was eight 10-year-olds on big wheels. Like basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I had learned, because when I was, when I was uh, first getting into the business, I did uh, Ring Crew up mm-hmm. in Winnipeg. Set the ring, uh, take it the down. ring, and, and, and there wasn't a lot of them, but there was one show that I went to where Scott Norton was there. He's called, he was a champion uh, arm wrestler, for yeah. real. He then went on to WCW and, and New Japan, was a big star for, for many years. Big, giant guy, but yeah. super nice, and I remember I was just really interested in, in, in the fact he was a champion arm wrestler. And I'm a lo- young kid with nothing to say, but I want to be a wrestler, so I'm just trying to talk to wrestlers. <gasps> So I just say, oh, he's arm wrestling, and so he taught me the trick to arm wrestling, mm-hmm. which I won't, sh- I won't say it on here, sure, because it still works to this day. But basically, <laughs> if you do this trick, yeah, which is doing this, you can win anybody pretty much arm wrestling match. You basically cock your wrist because oh, okay. most people will go straight wrist to wrist. Yeah, if you cock it, which is not legal, right? But if you're doing it with some gronk in a bar, they're not going to know. Okay, he said, if you cock your wrist, you always win. So biker guy and i'm like you guys gotta leave and he's like uh we don't we don't want to leave we're closing he goes he goes what do you drink and at the time i was drinking paul stanley's which i called the vodka and orange juice was a paul stanley (laughs) because on uh on kiss alive when they're talking cold gin before the and he goes who likes to drink tequila who likes to drink vodka and orange juice (laughs) and i just thought that was such a cool name yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna drink it vodka and orange juice and i call it paul stanley so perfect amazing and in the bar it's way it's way better than the fuzzy navel or whatever the hell the actual name of the drink is (laughs) exactly right screwdriver yeah yeah, yeah. So um, I said, uh, I said, well, I drink a, you know, a vodka and orange juice. And he said, okay, if you arm wrestle me mm-hmm. and beat me, he said, we'll leave and I'll buy you a vodka and orange juice. If you don't beat me, we'll stay as long as we fucking damn well please. And you guys can sweep up around us till we're ready to go. Whoa. Wow. All right. And the guy was a big beefy, not beefy is too kind. The guy was yeah. a fat guy. Yeah. Okay. And dude, I locked in with my, and there's people all around and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say they were going, you know, go, go. But in my mind, they were like, you know, like a high school thing. Like <laughs> this high is school straight fight. up Sylvester <laughs> yeah. Stallone right, over the right, top. You're right. like, it's, here, we, here go. we go. This, this is my moment. That's it. Just and, cock and, your wrist, Chris. <laughs> just cock <laughs> your wrist. Yeah, hearing the voice. Yeah, yeah. And boom, I, I did the Scott Norton trick and I fucking beat him like super fast wow and, and to his credit they went all right uh one vodka and orange juice for him uh here's you know five bucks and we'll see you guys later they all left yeah it was cool that's amazing wait so you said you always knew you wanted to be a wrestler yeah and what this tracks back to when like was there a day or moment you saw well, to me i'll tell i'll tell you and this is something that's the the god's honest truth uh i started watching wrestling with my grandmother when i was eight or nine Whoa. because in winnipeg there was uh saturday night was like i call it like the triumvirate of the three coolest things you could watch when you're a kid it was the bugs bunny hour oh, from time. uh from four to five no from five to six yeah yeah six to seven was awa wrestling out of uh, minneapolis for okay. Gagne, nick bockwinkle that's where hogan started mm-hmm. and then from seven on was hockey night in canada <sighs> so, oh if you're a canadian dude wow dude that's what do you want that's I it mean, mary <laughs> fuck kill that line <laughs> Television. <laughs> Some would say the bug matches were the best at that time. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Um, so, Don Cherry, so dude, come on. Uh, I I just was super into wrestling and um, your and grandma. Was, what she was? She, she got was, you. She was really into it. Like to the point where, like, That's you know, yeah, she was super into it, and, and was, so she would kind of fill you in on what was well, going. She was kind of quiet, but she was just like she just loved wrestling, and I would watch it with her. And, That's awesome. And she hated the bad guys, and I loved Jesse 
the body Ventura, yeah. Yeah. who she hated. And I didn't want to disrespect my grandma, but I was like, sure. this guy's pretty fucking rad. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Like and I was guy. also super into music. At the time, I was really a huge Beatles fan at mm-hmm. eight or nine. And not like a Beatles, like I knew everything. I had all the books and I could tell you who Magic Alex was and wow. okay. what, a, you know, what a Blue Deep. Meanie is. And yeah. So all I was thinking is like, I fucking want to be in a band, but I also want to be a wrestler. Oh, fuck it, I'll just do both. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided that probably about twelve or thirteen years old, like, which wow. is just insane. Because a, they're 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 these two careers that when you're a kid, yeah, every kid wants to be a pro wrestler, every right. kid wants to be a pro athlete, every kid wants to be a rock star. Then even as you get older and you look at what it takes to be both in a band and a wrestler, it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of hours, and your yeah. and, and your schedule is batshit insane for both of those jobs. Right. So the fact that now. You're actively in AEW while you're working on the new Fozzie album yeah. and touring both mm-hmm. is insane. It, it really is. And it's one of those things sometimes, because to me, it's just always been my thing. Like you're talking yeah. 35 years of, yeah. of, of this. When you step outside, look, I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography a couple years ago, which was really good. He told people when he was 14, yeah. I'm going to be the biggest movie star in America and I'm going to be the world champion bodybuilder. At 14. Oh they went, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. That, <laughs> and, and he's saying in America when at the time yeah. his accent was even worse than it is now. Exactly. Yeah, the biggest star in America. And you're like, <laughs> one day Danny DeVito will be my best friend. Like, Dude, you are like, full of shit right yeah, now, yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's DeVito's happen. never going for you. And that's right. what I was thinking. Like, like he knew from the start. And, and one thing for me, like whether whether I was going to do it or, or, or whether it was going to happen or not, I was going to try. And I had a vision at 13 or 14 and like for my kids or any kid like the worst thing you could do is finish high school and really not know what you want to do yeah just be lost a lot of kids don't and not at least like you said uh, have a vision like be able to see yeah like be able to at least see um, where you want to get to and then it's you know finding the path and and getting the uh, the consistent drive and and habits developed to go towards that that takes time but like at least being like fucking there it is and I I, it's crystal clear and I'm gonna go for it and that's Mm -hmm. what I had I had you know both of these ideas and I was in a band at 13 my high school band was called Scimitar Fuck and yeah! Great name, Scimitar. By the yeah. way, when Scimitar getting back together? <laughs> right? It's funny because we did a show about our high school bands on Talk Is Jericho, my podcast, yeah, yeah. with the other guys in Fozzie. And I played, I found some old Scimitar songs and yes. played them on the podcast. And people were saying, hey, we want a Scimitar reunion, you know? Whoa. You know, then you said the guitar player's still angry and the <laughs> doesn't play anymore. I'm like, yeah. we're not what was doing the, a reunion. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of one of your best Scimitar songs? Just curious. Uh, Sour Grapes. All right. Uh, uh, there you go. That's uh, not bad. Baby, That's not... Baby Psycho was a good one. Baby yes. Psycho. Okay. That would Baby. be my wrestling Baby. name. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Psycho. <laughs> Got him out of his baby sack, those music. He's crazy in a baby. And it was it was super fast, like kind of heavy punk, uh, not as metal as you might think. Of. Yeah. And, and the chorus for Baby Psycho was, "Baby Psycho, ha ha ha, gonna kill you, yeah yeah yeah." Screams from <laughs> baby's room, yeah yeah yeah. Now he's got you, nan 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 nan. And it would stop, nan nan nan. Still works. Yeah, it did. Still works. Got me. Bring back Baby Psycho. And then the other one that we played was Operation Kill. Oh, that sounds nice, yeah. Dude. That's getting more metal. Come How many on. birthday parties did you do? Uh, <laughs> well, we, play? we didn't. We didn't play. Well, here's yeah. what we had: was um, our guitar player never wanted to play gigs because he never thought we were good enough, even though he was a great player. Not and with we that were, attitude. Well, yeah, and the, yeah. yeah, that's like that's how you get good. Why, like, why you in the yeah. band? Then? That's right. Don't want to play gigs. So we would play. Uh, we was rehearsing. It was called a jam at the time. We would jam in my friend's dad's garage, mm-hmm. and it was summer or almost summer, yeah. or like you know, almost end of school. So you put the garage door up and you play. 
people walk by, whatever. But every day after school, these two girls—it's always about chicks, right? Of course, that's why you do anything. Yes, that's why. Carla Minaka and uh, and Lorraine Foster. Shout they out! Live, they, shout out to them. <laughs> they lived a little bit further down the block from where Warren was the drummer lived, and so they would. Oh, here they come! Here they come! Let's go! And we, we, the only song we knew was "You Really Got Me," just okay. an instrumental version. We first started. Yeah. So we would play it, we'd crank it up, they would walk by and try and look cool and yeah, stuff, yeah. girls. <laughs> Finally, after about a couple of weeks, this they we started they were walking by and the girls went, Hey, don't you know any other songs? <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't anybody sing? <laughs> and I was like, Well, we better slow some songs and someone's gotta sing, so I'll do it. Yeah. And Dang. that's how I started singing. Dang. Wow. <laughs> so, n- necessity is the necessity. Mother of someone had to man. do it, so now uh I've met your dad and yeah. your, and your dad is cool as hell. Oh, dad. Thanks. Uh, Ted Irvine, yep. former uh, NHL player, uh, and how was he when 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 you were like, I'm going to be a rock and roll star and I'm going to be a wrestler? Was he like gung ho, or was he like, get your degree in finance and then we'll talk? Super supportive the whole time because yeah. you got to remember this is the reason why, for at least the way I see it, is that he knew what it was like to have a vision, a goal, and a dream. Yeah, you don't make it to the NHL at 20. I mean, he knew what he wanted to do at 12 years old, and obviously to get to the NHL is you know, needle in a haystack. Insane, and he, yeah. sure. he was drafted by the Boston Bruins at 17 uh, and was off to college with, you know, I think he'll tell you the story, put $20 in his sock because he was scared he was going to get rolled Jeez. in the big city. You know, yeah. from Winnipeg, gets off the bus in Boston and then, you yeah. know, what do I do? Um, so he knew what it was like to have this dream and to go for it. So he was always very supportive right from the start. Like, I remember... Uh, when when we we graduated high school, he wanted to pay for studio time for seminar to record a song. Um, yeah, or, so he'd walk by the garage and heard. He's like, you know, what? I don't think these guys need to, need lyrics or vocals. <laughs> I think these bitches are crazy. Exactly. I like these songs are catchy. <laughs> I like Baby being a psycho. Is going to be on my new email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and What's then email also has been invented. Yeah, it will. It will, young Brad. Wait, have this midget get in my house. <laughs> so then then he actually too the year before because uh, I, I went to college for a couple of years. Um, so the summer before I was going to go, he drove me to Calgary. Actually, it was outside of Calgary, a place called Okotoks, which was where the Hart Brothers Pro Wrestling Camp was. Oh, wow. And so we, I remember driving there with him because he wanted to check it out and see. And, and we pull up to this gas station. It was like Fast Gas, mm-hmm. which is in Alberta. It's F-A-S-G-S. Fast Gas. And right <laughs> behind no the fat, like, we're, I'm thinking, like the Hart Brothers Pro Wrestling Camp, it's yeah. going to be like... The performance center now, right? Like a big, you thought it would be a big like this warehouse with state rings of the art and, and yeah, everything. You know, yeah. I, it's this fucking rundown shack yeah. behind the fast gas. No and way. I'm like that can't be it. No. Right. I talk about the realities of show business hitting you in the face right off the bat. Like I'm sure when you first started comedy, you thought you're going to be you know in the next everyone loves Raymond. You show up at the TikTok club with five people. <laughs> I mean, you just described my first few years. Yeah. Oh, you put, you've, you've been to the TikTok club. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you Craig Gas is the best. He can tell you the name of the comedy club in every town. It's always like oh, yeah. laugh, laughs, yuck, yucks, yeah, funny yeah. bones, yeah. TikToks. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so did you? You so you thought it was going to be like the mm-hmm. Michael Jordan of camps for right, that? And you go and I literally like I, like I remember vividly like it was so so run down and you go inside and. One of the Hart brothers was there. Keith Hart is his name, and kind of went through the thing. And of course, I had my muscle shirt on and trying to sure. look as big as I could. So at least the Hearts were there. It wasn't like Mary Hart from Entertainment Tonight that was there been, instead. Well, when I went, that would have been better if <laughs> she was. Heart camp. Yeah, because the, oh, the year I went, Keith Hart was there, and okay. kind of you know this is what we do. And 
And conversely, when I went the next year, they had moved it from the shitty Okotoks to downtown mm-hmm. Calgary okay. uh, in a place called the Silver Action, Silver Dollar Action Center, which was a bowling alley uh, that had like, you know, some casino games and stuff. And we were in the back room. It was a pink building. And if you stood on the top rope, your head would hit the roof. One of these type of roofs that I put my head through a couple times. <laughs> so, um, and so, that like, so I could wrestle there. You could. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very good. It'd be perfect for you. Great. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So Keith Hart uh, showed up on the first day of my wrestling camp, took everyone's money. Yep. And then I, I asked him some kind of question like, uh, how many matches have you had? Mm-hmm. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, like if, if I go to a, a, a I want to say how many games Wayne Gretzky's played in, yeah. I can go to a library and look at a book. I mean, right. do you have anything like that? He's like, no. Take a backdrop gearbox. That was the insult. Gearbox. Gearbox. <laughs> so he throws me off the I've never been in a fucking ring ever. Yeah. He throws me off the ropes. Yeah. I don't know how to hit ropes. I don't know what I'm just doing what I've seen on TV. Yeah. Right. Because I wrestled for years with my friend in the high school gymnasium, but there's no ropes. There's just big mats. Yeah. 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 He goes to give me a backdrop. The only thing I knew about a backdrop is we used to practice it, me and my friend, where you would take a backdrop and land on your feet. Oh, okay. Because Owen Hart used to do that. So yeah. like, Owen Hart. So he throws me off the ropes, barely get back to him. He goes to big, and this, a backdrop is a big move. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It, it, it's, it's basically like, Adam, you're running at me. I grab your legs. I push your legs over. You do a flip over my a front flip and yeah. land on your back. Yeah, and yeah. your fucking dreams, man. But yeah. Yeah. Going, yeah. And this is like, <laughs> oh, the only, the only the thing move. I knew about a backdrop was I'd seen them on TV Yeah, and I knew how to stand up on my feet. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. He throws me for a backdrop. I land on my feet. I think <laughs> that's insane. Right? I think I'm the star pupil. Yeah, yeah. going to be the and, biggest hit. And I imagine Keith did not find that very funny. <laughs> As I'm thinking this, yeah, I feel this fucking force drag me to the mat and put me in a, in a, in a shoot hold. Yeah, where his one hand is under my jaw, mm-hmm. his other hand is on top of my skull, and they're pressing it together where I can feel my oh. teeth bending. Oh, oh my god! Like you can't even do it. And I was just thinking like. Oh my God, he's, he's, he's going to kill me. I'm going to lose my teeth on the first day of wrestling school. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why he let go is, is because I c- couldn't scream. I was too scared and freaked yeah. out. If I would have screamed, I found out later he would just do it harder. But because I didn't do anything, he just let go. And he's like, uh, and then uh, don't be a smart ass or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm fucking what doing. What a nut job. <laughs> yeah. And then he left. And we never saw him again for the rest of the summer. <laughs> so it was the Hart Brothers camp in brackets for one day. Yeah. Oh, wow. God. Well, that was your welcome to wrestling, kid. <laughs> That's it, kid. That, yeah. that, was, that was your moment. Right, Take so my th- money, call me a gearbox, and try and snap my teeth in two. <laughs> so as terrifying as that was, uh, having that experience and, and landing on your feet, like, it, yeah, I had to give you like an, an immediate burst of confidence of like, okay, well, this is clearly something I should be participating yeah, well, I in. I mean, the thing is, is that I knew what I wanted to do and I actually had trained and I you know I'd done I knew how to do body slams and stuff because like I said I used to wrestle with my friend we yeah. had this it was called the BTWF the Big Time Wrestling Federation and <laughs> we were like a bunch of couple schizos I had 10 characters he had 10 characters and we would just wrestle each other over and over again as these different characters that's awesome so I knew a little bit about wrestling but with the the other side of it was um, I I I, I looked the part yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I had long blonde that's hair that's a big part of it yeah and I dude it's show business yeah, yeah. you know Gene Simmons told me always look like a star mm-hmm. and when I showed up at wrestling camp I thought I'm gonna be the smallest guy in the room because it's, it's 1990 mm-hmm. all the big stars are big yeah 
you know. Yeah, uh, so that's 1990. So that's, that's Hogan, Hogan Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Macho, Savage. Just, like every guy is yeah. either six King Kong foot Bundy, eight. just these massive yeah. humans. Dude, I had the Hogan Jack, doll, yeah. I had the Hogan chapstick, I had the Hogan lube, I had the Hogan toaster biscuits, like <laughs> Hogan so condoms, many, Hogan yeah, condoms, yeah, yeah, yeah. Butt plug. which were broken when you bought them. Like yeah, this, you know. yeah, they were pre-ripped like a shirt. <laughs> Horrible, horrible <laughs> condom. Wait, so so that time was just so. Well, the point is, so, so Hogan thought, condoms thought, catchphrase. You're gonna have a little brother, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that joke in. I had to. Well played, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when I sh- like I said, so I thought, okay, I'm about 195 pounds. I've been training my ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, I show up at camp, and, and me and this other guy, Lance Storm, who's been mentioned, aforementioned. Yep. The only two guys in the camp that have ever seen the inside of a gym. And I'm not kidding. There's 15 people there. Wow. And I was thinking like, I can't believe it. Like, I thought I was going to be the small guy. I'm the big guy in the room wow. because I cared. But thankfully, yeah. Lance was there because if he wasn't there or if I wasn't there, I don't know if, he said if he, if he didn't see me because Lance was there first and saw everybody mm-hmm. and said if I didn't show up, he would have gotten his car and drove back to North Bay, Ontario. Yeah. Because he said this is not what I expected it to be. These guys are just a bunch of fucking clods yeah. that want to try wrestler for the for the summer. Yeah. I didn't see the other guys, but once I met Lance, I remember he was super nice. For some reason, I he's the first guy I ever saw, and he I had a big trunk in the back like my car, like a, like a planes, trains, and automobiles, like you know, yeah. John Candy's oh, trunk, yeah. and Steve Martin helped me. Oh, that yeah. was, it was like we he helped me move that trunk into the hotel. So if I and if we didn't have each other because we pushed each other, yeah. If he was he was good at something that I wasn't good at, it pissed me off. If I was good at something, it pissed. So that helped us get through and to be actually fairly good because we had somebody to work with. Today's episode of the About Last Night podcast is brought to you by Koi CBD. Ooh, CBD oil, baby. Feeling relaxed just hearing me talk about it, aren't you? If you don't know what CBD oil is, don't feel like a dum-dum. Adam's here to tell you. CBD is an oil derived from industrial hemp and has no psychoactive effects, man. So you can get the medical benefits, okay, from the hemp plant without getting high. There's no weed. You're not going to get paranoid. It's a great natural alternative to over-the-counter and pharmaceutical drugs. People use CBD oil uh, for pain, depression, anxiety, stress, inflammation. Uh, New benefits are being discovered for CBD oil all the time. My mom uses the topical cream from Koi CBD, and uh, it's helped immensely, uh, which is big time because she's been having a a tough time with arthritis and finding uh, a solution. And Koi CBD is stepping up to the plate with their topical creams. They've got uh, uh, tincture uh, droplets, uh, vape pens, edibles, pet products for your uh, for your dogs and cats to to chill out. Come on. It's a stressful life being a cat and a dog. You want to chill out? Get some Koi CBD treats. They got topical products and more. All their products are manufactured in the USA with 100% natural CBD oil. It's a family-owned and operated company, and it truly is the best-tasting CBD products on the market. I feel like left and right, uh, people are approaching me after shows uh, just being in the comedy business because comedy and and uh, you know CBD kind of go hand in hand. Uh, it's great stress reliever for our world. Uh, the Koi CBD gummies I fuck with daily because uh, it puts me in a zen state before I start my day and at night kind of relaxes me and, and helps me sleep better, quite honestly. It's America's number one trusted CBD brand. All the Koi CBD products are THC free uh, and there's a guaranteed purity, safety, and consistency level in all of their products. They're the best tasting CBD products on the market. Again, I've tried so many. Um, the amount of people that have you know been like, try these pens, we got these flavors and these, you know, it, 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 you can put, it's strawberry, 
big root beer float. It's like, shut, shut up, man. No, I'm going with Koi CBD because they got the most shit and the best tasting shit. And quite honestly, um, it's made me feel the best at any of the products I've tried. And that's why they're America's number one trusted CBD brand. So if you want to get your stress relief on, your relaxation going, and start living a better, healthier life, get rid of that depression, anxiety, stress, and just start feeling better, then, uh, then, then get hooked up with Koi CBD, okay? Head on over right now to KoiCBD.com. That's K-O-I-C-B-D.com and enter promo code about last night for 20% off any retail order from the website. That's Koi, K-O-I-C-B-D.com, uh, promo code about last night for 20% off any retail order from the website. Gummies, tinctures, pens, creams, they got it all. I'm telling you, they're the shit. And, uh, and Brad and I couldn't love them more. Who knows? They might fucking make Brad grow, which would ruin his act, but, but uh, would help him reach the Cocoa Puffs on the top shelf. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I think that's a lot how it is when you start at open mic nights is you walk in like, oh man, we're going to be comedians and you walk in expecting Eddie Murphy to be in line with you. Right. And then you look around, you go, oh, I'm the funniest fucker in this line. Yes. Like I thought, like, I remember I went to watch an open mic night before I did it to just be like, all right, am I in, can I do this? Yeah. And I, I, am I in these guys' leagues? And then there was literally homeless guys that have walked off the street <laughs> that are just up there rambling. I'm like, oh, I'm the funniest guy now. Yeah. Like literally right <laughs> yeah. now. Some of those homeless guys are still getting stage <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's well, one at the comedy store who was there at my very first open mic night and he's still doing it. Boone. Boone, shocker, yeah. yeah. Hom- yeah. Homeless Mike is at Laughing Gas down in Poughkeepsie uh, <laughs> next week. Yeah. I actually did it. an open mic around this time too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember uh, I was like, I think I can do this. And I think it mm-hmm. obviously really was a Yuck Yucks in Calgary. Yeah, there's the Yuck um, Yucks probably there. Been there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I remember really focusing on my look. What's my look going to be as a comedian? And like sure. I, I had a blue kind of a nice sleeveless shirt with a with a like a tank top underneath, and we're like, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, oh well, yeah, because '90s that's like pre, like dice. Dude, so that guy's this that, is, that guy's all look, yeah, all attitude. This is '90 '91. So yeah. I remember my big routine. <clears throat> part of my routine was based around uh, when you go to the movies and they ask you for golden toppings, is what yeah. it's called in Canada, like yeah. butter in your popcorn. Oh, okay. Somehow relating golden topping to golden showers. And nice. I thought this is going to be fucking, I'm in. this there is better than, you know, Goonie Goo Goo here. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, didn't work out that way. Uh, I remember not getting any laughs. Just do Goonie Goo Goo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do that just do material. Yeah. And I Fine. just went, want to lick psych. Thank you, tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually tried to open mic. Had things gone different. Differently, wow. I might be sitting on that side of the desk. Uh, then, you, then, then you would be what Joe Rogan is now, just a, a, a swole, intelligent comedian. <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah. Wow. So now, did you do your open <laughs> mic with the thoughts of being a comedian, or did you do it like, this is going to help my in-ring persona no, and my I, mic I, skills? I, it, was, it wasn't anything that, that uh, thought out. I just thought it'd be something fun to do. Yeah. And yeah. I was really intrigued by this golden shower, golden topic comparison. <laughs> like, Damn it. Need a place to work it out. Yeah, yeah, I have a genius thought. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this I, is great. And I remember I went out with my other friend, Paul Lazenby, great guy. So he was on the cruise last year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he he was like a, a trained Muay Thai fighter. He used to hit his shins with a with a steel rod to calcium. Jeez. And I remember he walked up there with a bat and, and a really big power lifter. <laughs> and he just looked at a guy and went, you better fucking laugh. Oh. <laughs> 
That, that was his opening line, that. right? And that's, like, a, oh, that's a good line. It's a good line. Yeah. I'd be scared out of my mind, and I would start laughing immediately. <laughs> I'm just like, this, this is the funniest guy in the world. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so did you have um, advice or people around you, mentors, to kind of give you uh, encouraging words about what sort of a look to have in the ring when you're starting to look, I mean, look for really. that? I mean, I kind of always wanted to be, like, once again, the, the, the rock and roll connection yeah. was, was very... And the reason why I started wrestling first is that just what opened up first because I yeah. still was playing in bands and writing songs and recording demos and um, you were able I, to dip your feet in both worlds I, yeah because I was like once again it wasn't just something I woke up one day at yeah. and went, I'm going to be a, a rock star yeah. like, I always wanted to be in it and it wasn't even be a rock star I wanted to play rock and roll yeah. I wanted to be in a band yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to play shows and, and you know that sort yeah. of the vibe and I always wanted to, to be like I was really attracted to Paul Stanley, David Lee Roth, Freddie Mercury, Bruce Dickinson, like the great rock showman, the Jagger, yeah. the great rock and roll frontman. So I thought if I can be a rock and roll frontman in a wrestling ring, David Lee Roth, like that would be a cool vibe. Because once again, yeah. I'm not the biggest guy, but if I can be like the fucking frontman, yeah, yeah, the coolest and the person guy. and the charisma, yeah. So I always focused on that. So my look was always and Lance Storm went the exact other route. <laughs> other way, <yeah. laughs> once, once again, we started as a team, and there, yeah. you know, what he did good. I wasn't as good at which was actually in ring and what I mm -hmm. did good he wasn't good at which was the personality and the crowd involvement great and all team that stuff yeah. yeah I'm really good at being a dwarf Adam's not that good at it yeah so I mean, that's how we're a great team know, exactly. I, I was actually really shitty at it <laughs> <laughs> failing miserably if you can't uh, tell he's putting my uh, chin into my chest again <laughs> call <me>. back <laughs> sleep <laughs> so yeah so that's kind of was the vibe so I, I was because when you first start out I mean no one's really mentoring you because you don't really know anybody and we're talking you know once a week Week, if you're lucky, yeah. you know, at the bowling alley, because that's where the shows were. Mm -hmm. But as I went on and became more professional, every territory that you went to, every company that you worked in, when you started showing some aptitude, once again, showing that you cared and you were good, you were, you were an asset to the company, right. not just some kid from another country trying to do this because guys come and go so much and there's so many yeah. guys that would I'm sure once there's again, so many people that just look watch on TV and go I could do that and yeah. they and I and would even get yeah. to the point of, of, of being of working shows yeah, like, yeah. of being in wow. different companies so when people started realizing that you were good and would help then you had a lot of help a mentorship you know yeah Man, I remember uh, the first time I was able to run a ropes in a ring. I was like, ah, this is going to be like bouncing off a rubber bat. Ow! Uh -huh. <laughs> those, ro those, those ropes are it's, elevator it's, cables. It's legitimately, <laughs> they hurt. I, I remember it's like you might as well stand here yeah. and hit me in the bread basket with a baseball bat. Yeah. Because that's what it feels like. And no you, shit. Yeah. The bruises you I, get I used got. To that? No. Well, yeah, you do. Yeah. Like, yeah, you it's, get, just, it's, it's a callus. You get a yeah. body callus. But I had crazy bruises. Like, yeah. Like ropey black thick bruises all up and down the side of my my uh, torso, and and no bruise was like ever <laughs> so big and and uh, grotesque that you were like, all right, maybe no, because once again, like I, I to me there was never like a contingency plan, yeah. like mm -hmm. okay, if I don't make it, this is what I'm. There was none of that. It's like this is what I'm doing. I'm not. I'm not. Like, you have to be like that, don't you? You yeah. have to. Yeah, you, you have to believe ignorance. in yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, it, one of my favorite stories about that was uh, Travis Barker, the drummer of yeah. Blink-182. He covered himself in tattoos from a very early age to be like, well, the only job I can have now is a rock star. No excuse. Because I'm covered in tattoos. Yeah. I'm not going to be a banker. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that, so that's literally why he did it. And, and that's, once again, because th th there's no escape. You, yeah. you have to do this. And so, like, like to me, it's like, I don't know how, how... I was actually pretty lucky because I got hooked up in Mexico very early. Mm -hmm. I think I was 21 so 
I've been wrestling as much as I want to since 1992. Full-time, full-time, if I want to step back, if I want to work two matches a year, if I want to work 20. I never couldn't, I never didn't have a job in the business it's when pretty, I wanted one since great. I was, you know, 21. So I was, yeah. I was fortunate. Yeah. Uh, and then how fast did the name Chris Jericho come about? Right from the start. Really? Right from the start. I remember originally I wanted to be called Jack Action. That was going to be my name. <laughs> wow. Is it too late to change it? That's fucking... Jack By the Action. way, Jack Action sounds like the toy that Schwarzenegger was going to get for his son if Turbo Man truly was sold out. You know? It's like, this is Jack Action. There's no more yeah. Turbo Man. But to me, it sounds like something that you find in a fucking porno shop. Yeah. <laughs> Jack a, Action. A double Jack well, let Action me finish. Piece. It's a toy. Arnold gets it. Jack Action. And his kid's like, what's the bottom part for? It's put your cock in. Oh, yeah. And then you like, guys right, know Andy Kinley? Yes. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Worked together many times. Yeah, he always says at Hollywood, everyone says, but let me finish. Yeah. Like, I hate, hate, hate Star Wars. I like it. Let me finish. <laughs> but I really like this last one. Uh, right. You know, the, um, Jack Action. Yeah, so Jack Action was going to be it. And I was practicing my autograph because once again, big Paul Stanley influence. And I remember my cousin Ray had an autograph from Paul Stanley. Where yeah. Two Ray, Paul Stanley, and the Y went into a star. Because he's oh, the star child. He's the star child. So wow. I was like, I'm going to do that. Even though an O for Jericho, mm-hmm. uh, actually, so at the time it was Jack Action. So an N, you could actually do the N yeah. into a star. Mm-hmm. So I was practicing the autograph on a, like a, a school binder or something. And I yeah. maybe had some kind of notes from class from wrestling school. And Lance, once again, was like, what is that? I'm like, uh, Jack Action. Is that going to be your wrestling name? <laughs> I'm like, why? He goes, because it's really stupid. Like, no. <laughs> As if. And I'm like, it's going to be your wrestling name. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, um, I had to think of a name because we had a match coming up and they said like, you need a name by, you know, Tuesday. Yeah. And it was Monday and I was in my car and there was, I had a, uh, there's a German power metal band that I love called Halloween to this day. And they have a record called Walls of Jericho. And I had the, the cassette sitting on my seat and I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, Chris Jericho. That's cool. I want to be Chris Jericho. And they're both like, oh, that's uh, the, uh, Lance and then the guy who was kind of booking were like, oh, that's good. And I was like, oh. If they would have said it's bad, I might be Chris Schwarzenheimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, How damn. about Chris action? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like Jericho. And then, yeah. yeah, and then uh, obviously for those who know you, uh, the, the, you get your name from the Walls of Jericho song and then that's also the title of your first finisher? Or your yeah. Well, when I went to WWE, the because uh, it was called the Lion Tamer. At it first. was the Lion Tamer in WCW. Yeah. And then when I went to WWE, Vince said we've got too many lions around here. You have to change it. There was mm-hmm. one Lions Den match that Ken Shamrock had. Right. They must have just had it that week. Where Vince yeah. said, we've got we never saw the fucking Lions Den again. Yeah. But I couldn't use Lion Tamer because that week saw it. So I was trying to think of a bunch of names, and the WWE has a creative department. <laughs> that comes up with a bunch of names and gives you suggestions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, Triple H had a suggestion uh, call it the standing torture device, the STD. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I was Val Venus, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, that's not going to work. So then um, there was all of these lists that they, and I wish I still had it because oh, I can only imagine what that the, list. And these would are people like. that are getting paid to come up yeah. with such gems as the rock and roll finisher. <laughs> yeah, uh, the wow. salad shooter. Yes, of course. <laughs> the sal- I'm not kidding. This, these are real. Oh, for- the salad shooter. The salad shooter was on the list. I'm like, what is this? Even a Boston mean? crab is a salad shooter. I have no idea where they came. I just okay. had Rhino in here. He said when they first went to WWE, they wanted to change the name from Rhino to Mary. What? Mary? 
I is his middle name fuck and then last name kill? Like, that's, the only, that's the only way that's acceptable. Let me finish. There's two R's. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So then uh, none of these worked. And I finally just said to Vince, what about the walls of Jericho? And he's like, oh, that's good. Let's use that. Yeah. So that's where go. it came from. Because it was, it was either the STD, the salad shooter, or the walls of Jericho. Yeah. I would tell people, whether it be wrestling, comedy, metal, rock and roll, whatever, Go with your first instinct. You know you. You know what you want. You well, know what that's, you like. That's one thing, though, with WWE is, yeah. is they have to get involved with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, put their stamp on everything. So, yeah, sure. obviously the Lion Tamer is still the best name for that finish. Yeah. People yeah. still call it that yeah. from those uh, days. Steve Austin called it that in a promo during a live Raw. Right. Where he called it the Lion Tamer. And then, of course, the audience, boo! That's not the name. Oh, Oscar. Whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, but for whatever reason, for that, and that's the thing with Vince and WWE, mm-hmm. one week, like Pat Patterson says, one week he likes vanilla, the next week he likes chocolate, but it's his ice cream store, so what are you going to do? <laughs> and he's right. You know what he was going to do? So he didn't like Lions that week. It's like there was one phase that we went through where he didn't want any of the good guys to be announced from Canada. Because no one's going to cheer for you if you're from Canada. So all oh. of us that have been announced from Canada for years, we're now like and and uh, resi- uh, residing in you know Manhattan, New York. Chris Jericho, oh, wow. Residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Chris Benoit. Like yeah. you can't be. I was like, what difference does it make where you're from? Like yeah. if you're over, you're over. Yeah, you're, you're and it's done. They that like went you. away like for you. a while, and, sure. and you know so. There's different rules that come and go that you just have to ride it out and just deal with it. For, uh, well, first of all, I think every wrestler should be from where Cactus Jack is from, and that's Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Still the best that's place, my, right? That's it. Is that a real town? Yeah. Truth or Consequences, yep. New Mexico. That's where, how do you get there? It, it, well, there's two. There's two options. <laughs> Truth or Consequences. Uh, you take yeah. a left at Guilt and you, and you turn <laughs> at Lie. Turn on Lie Street. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, that's, I think it's like a little one of those little towns that's basically just a bunch of gas stations off the highway. But yeah, I always love that. T- Truth or Consequence. Sweetwater, Texas. Uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia. You remember that? Yeah. Show, you know? That's some good ones. Are there yeah. certain cities like people ask this for uh, comedians with mm-hmm. comedy clubs that are just more privy uh, to wrestling and they just get more fired up that, that you get jacked up to, to go to or that yeah, uh, Ch- Chicago's always a good one yeah like you know Chicago's gonna be a crazy crowd and that goes for for, for Fozzie too for, for rock and roll oh yeah, yeah. and for uh, whatever reason Chicago the site of the next AEW pay-per-view yeah exactly and I think that's that's no coincidence We're going back because it's a great town always mm-hmm. super excited Mm-hmm. Um, we try to parlay Fozzie shows uh, around. I used to do that, but I, there's no way. Too and much. One thing is, it's just it doesn't work. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. the reason why. Like you can't be both at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's like I, I remember, like you know, if if you go to a town and think, okay, well, we we did ten thousand people in, um, I don't know, Philly. If mm-hmm. we do a show after the show, you know, one percent show up, it's going to be a you know, a yeah. people, and it, it doesn't work that way. So, another thing that I had to do as well is really distance wrestling from from Fozzie because at first people thought, oh, it's just wrestler guy playing rock star, yeah, you yeah. know, and you and you you can't do that. So right. I was very cognizant to keep them separate and let people know, like, listen. When Gerard Leto is on stage with 30 Seconds from Mars, yeah. he's not wearing the Dallas Buyers Club dress and, you know, <laughs> right. acting like he's dying of AIDS. Not because yeah. he doesn't want to, it's just because he always forgets it <laughs> for yeah, the game. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But I mean, seriously, and, and, and that's the yeah. way that I built this band. That's smart. So it took us twice as long to get people, or we had to work twice as hard to get people's respect just because I'm in the band. But once yeah. we got their respect, we've got it for life. And people, don't, these, these, these guys really fucking. Yeah. Them. How many shows or, um, just years did it take to to feel like you got that 
I'd say, well, we've been doing doing this. Our first Fozzie record came out in 2000. But that was more of a part-time thing. Yeah. A lot of mm-hmm. covers in the set. Yeah, yeah. Kind of half-assing it. 2010 is when we decided, let's really make a go of this. And I think our record, Sin and Bones, was the first kind of little nudge. Mm-hmm. And the record, Do You Want to Start a War? We That's the first one. first charting single, Lights Go Out. Yep. But then when Judas came out, suddenly we had a whole record company behind us because Sony bought our record company right when Judas started becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And they basically let go of all the other bands on that label, but because they had this one band, well, this is Judas. It climbed up 10 spots this week. Oh, it's another five. Judas was on the charts for like 27 weeks, started at 60 and ended up at number five, which is crazy to get yeah, the top of. 10. So we had three top 10s on that record, and that really cemented us as kind of the Sony golden boys for right now. Wow. Right. And now it's really a whole different... And in terms of... In, in, I mean, I know you like to keep uh, the personas separate, but <laughs> in terms of the timing with the... Judas record, and then you kind of going outside of WWE and started doing some New Japan AEW stuff. Where now your entrance music is your own band's mm. hit song, yeah. which is pretty awesome when it, you think about it's it. It's pretty cool because so I was thinking about not retiring. That's such a overused word. It's not what I was thinking, but I was thinking maybe it's time to wind down wrestling. Mm-hmm. Two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. I only worked live events. It was my idea like I don't want to be on TV because let's say I can only work. Couple shows here, a couple shows there. Yeah. TV's hard to get in and out of. So Vince is like, you can work as many shows as you want. So I worked like sixty live events. Yeah. Just just the the house shows. House shows. So that's Mon- lot that's untelevised. Non televised. Yeah, non TV. Right. And then I was like, well, maybe it's time to wind down. But but then I had an idea. I'll go back for another three months or four months or something. Ended up staying for a year and a half because I got in this program with Kevin Owens, who was this guy that yep. we were best friends and we had great chemistry and then we turned on each other and it was this big brouhaha. It was probably the best story on the show for about eight months. And then the big blow-off culmination match was for WrestleMania. Originally, it was going to be for the world title in the main event. Mm-hmm. Then it got changed and got moved down to the second match on the show. First mm. match, second match. And wow. I was like, if that's as far as I can get, with yeah. the best program of the year, it's time to step back. Yeah, yeah. Right at the same time, Judas came out. Fozzie did another 18 months. It was huge. But then the the idea for Japan came up to do this dream match with Jericho and Kenny Omega, who was a big star in Japan, who's also from Winnipeg, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And it was like almost like a Mayweather-McGregor where they didn't think it would ever happen yep. because he worked for New Japan, I worked for WWE. Right. Went and worked that match, and then it kind of opened up this whole new world of creativity which led to doing more in Japan, which eventually led me to AEW. And now here I am thinking that I was going to stop in 15 and we're getting into 20 and I'm probably, how do you say this without being egotistical? <laughs> here, I'll say it. Yeah. You're having the best matches of your career Thank right you. now. And probably right now. with the most name value yeah. that I've ever had as well. So it's all the stars are aligning. I guess. And who would yeah. I never, that's why I don't plan shit you just gotta <laughs> go with it man you gotta go with it you know yeah. it was just we just i just found out that we sold ten thousand tickets for the first aw tv show in three hours today we sold out yeah it's wow. com- coming to tnt october, TNT, october 2nd. 2nd and no one thought it was gonna sell out oh it's a wednesday night it's washington dc it's not a sexy city like yeah. vegas or chicago and i was telling i said guys it's gonna sell out i'm telling you boom went clean in the first three hours damn yeah. There's a buzz about AEW because it's the first time in 20 years there's legitimate, uh, once again, not competition, but an alternative for yeah. people. Yeah. Another yeah. option. Because it used to be just WWE once Vince bought WCW. WCW. Right. He bought his competition. There was really nothing going up against him. 
Now, and uh, I said this when I was a guest on your podcast, Talk, uh, Talk is Jericho, AEW seems like like whenever you're watching WWE and you're like, ah, this is kid shit, mm. watch AEW. Yeah. AEW is for the marks. AEW is for the diehard wrestling fans. Well, but what, like, what we want to do, though, is is draw people in with that. But then when we go national, we're going to have to appeal sure. to to wrestling fans that don't know who a lot of these guys are. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I was so instrumental to bring a guy like me in, um, because I'm the one guy in the roster that everybody knows if you're a wrestling fan. Yeah. And that goes for wrestling fans from the 90s to the 2000s right. to now. Yeah, and you need that. You, yes. you you need some brand recognition to go, oh, I know what that is. Right, but if you also talk about the fact that, you know, in, in, in 1998, kind of the, 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 the middle of the Monday Night Wars, there was 12 million people watching wrestling on a Monday night. Now, if they yeah. get 3 million, they're happy. They're thrilled. Where do those other 9 million go? They might be gone forever, or maybe they just don't like WWE. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. find out pretty soon when we start our weekly TV and what kind of ratings we draw, but it's exciting because you have a whole roster of guys that people on a nationwide level don't know who've been doing this for 10 years and are super popular worldwide. Yeah. You know, but there's going to be people that have never heard of the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or, or all these guys, and they're going to go, who in the hell are these guys? They're amazing. That's great, yeah. Why have I never heard of them before? That's that, exciting, right? That, that's exciting. Yeah. That was me, when I and I consider myself a pretty good wrestling fan. I watched the first uh, AEW pay-per-view, and I was like, holy shit, right. who are these who's guys? this Luchasaurus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Right, you know, and once again, so we have a great roster of Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, MJF, Hangman Page, you know, all these guys that uh, mm-hmm. that... I'm sure WWE were salivating to get, but yeah. they were also wanting to do their own thing, mm-hmm. which is what we talked about, to have that creative freedom to be you. If I wrote all your jokes for you, Brad, and said, <laughs> here's what here's what your boss at the at, at you know Yuck Yucks wants you to say. Yeah. Okay, five of these jokes aren't funny. I'll do the best I can. Right. I could do better, but this is what he wants you to do. Don't mm. change a thing. And that's what you get sometimes. And it's like, dude. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and when you're when you're sort of micromanaging an entire roster, yes. you 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 probably can't make the decisions that are best for those right. I- individual because, talent members because you have an entire roster. I don't care about the rest of the roster. I care about me. I've got one guy to worry about. Yeah. So let me be me. Yeah. You know, we had a, a show in Jacksonville about a month ago, mm-hmm. and all I, I I did a, a run in and a pull apart, but I did a, a promo, an interview. Mm-hmm. It was the first time in 20 years I did a, a promo, a live promo on TV that wasn't written by somebody or mm-hmm. co-written by me, or but more importantly, approved. Yeah. Every pro- promo has to be approved. I went out there like improv comedy. Yeah. I didn't have any bits planned. I had a couple <laughs> things I wanted to say. I'm just how, how good are you, Jericho? Everyone tells you everyone's <laughs> up my ass. You're such a great promo. Really? Let's see. Go yeah. out there with nothing. Yeah. And see how it goes. And it was great because great guess what? I'm a professional. Yes. This is what I've been doing for almost 30 years. Let me be a professional. Let me be Chris Jericho and it's all yeah. gonna work out. I, I hope you'd be good at it by now, because if not, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> like, you know, if, if I sent you on stage tonight, Brad, and said, listen, dude. You got to go out there and give me 15 minutes, but it has to be stuff you've never done before. Yeah. You just got to go talk about your day. Like you're a funny right. guy and, yeah. and you'll see somebody like you're funny. Yeah. I have no doubt you're funny. Go be funny. That's yeah. all you got to do. It'll happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How, how imperative is it to kind of do what you're doing 
um, and and be uh, you know spread your wings in different areas. You know your podcast is fucking incredible, and uh, and crushing the music world and doing what you do um, in wrestling. Like, do you think now, like you know, in comedy, like everyone says, you can't just do stand up. You gotta be writing scripts. You gotta have a podcast. You gotta be um, you know flexing your acting chops, whatever it is, and be multifaceted. Yeah. When did you feel like that was something you um, needed to do, or well, did you just do it because honestly, you were right from the start? Because yeah. like I said, I always had these two ideas. Right. And once I made it in wrestling, and then and then and then made it in music. Then you're kind of unstoppable because now, like, what, mm-hmm. People what else can you. I try? Yeah, yeah. Podcasting very easy because it's just conversations. And yeah. I love talking sure. about people and learning about people and writing books. I'm a journalist by trade yeah. and acting. I mean, I've been acting for 30 years. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I love it when people are surprised yeah. that wrestlers can act. It's the same when they're surprised that comedians can act. It's like, oh, that's. Yeah, when you're when you're wrestling, you're acting. You're committing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're I, you're being a character. You're inventing characters. You're finding little things. When you're when you're a comedian, you're and you're doing your hour set. You're playing four or five different characters on stage sure. just during that hour. I, I did Groundlings for a year out here, and, oh, nice. and when oh, they, oh, shit. when I started doing it, the director was Mindy Sterling. Yep. Um, uh, she was like Frau Farbissena from she, Austin Powers. She's like, you're 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 a natural at this, and you know, I said, well, this is basically what we do. I used to go. Um, one of the things in the early 2000s was when the when the match was done, mm-hmm. you would go do 20 minutes of improv with either Austin or Rock. Now, they're both great at improv, but they need a heel to work with, which was always me. Yeah, We used to go 20 minutes. I went 20 minutes with The Rock in Singapore with a balloon, who was my only <laughs> friend. Everybody here hates me, but this balloon is my only friend. And The Rock's like, can I say hi to your balloon? What's your balloon? This is Jake the Balloon. Hello, Jake the Balloon. How are you? Good to, oh nice God. to meet you, Jake the Balloon. Jake the Balloon, you know what? You know, If you smell The Rock is cooking, breaks the balloon. <laughs> Gives me the rock bottom. People yeah. cheering, going nuts, and that like, <laughs> of course you're going to be good at groundlings. Whatever yeah. you want to do. So, but that really helped me. Conversely, in wrestling and in acting and in music, you you're committing. So all of these things come from a show business standpoint. Yeah, and I always say that wrestling is a lot like uh, I call it uh, a show business boot camp. Mm-hmm. If you're good in wrestling and you, and you make it to the top, you'll be good at every little bit. Yeah, live promos, backstage promos, taped comedy, drama. Uh, sadness, jokes, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So stage you, presence, camera presence. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, doing what he's doing now, you are probably like, yeah, that's who he was. It's no surprise from a character standpoint, but from a drive standpoint. I mean, the yeah. guy's always been driven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you it's like Steve on reality TV. People love the character of Steve Austin. That's why he's had a show for the last ten years in one way or another. Whether it's his country, whatever you know, the stuff he's done, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken Outdoor Skull stuff. Ranch and the country music shows and right uh, country music CMT show. But so it's like Mick Foley being a great writer. Uh, it's like you know. Uh, you know Jesse Ventura or Glenn Jacobs being the mayor of, of Knoxville. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me because Glenn Jacobs knows how to captivate. It's the same reason. Yeah, for those of uh, you guys who don't know, that's Kane. Kane, sorry, Kane, sorry. the huge seven yeah. foot guy that you never said two words in WWE is now the mayor of a town in Tennessee. But then, when, but during the period of the career when he did say two yep. words, you know, it's I don't want, I don't I don't want I'm just going to say this I don't want to get political in any shape or form but it's the reason why Trump got elected. He knows how to be on camera. He yeah. knows how to draw people in and and that's why it. that's why he got in. Yeah. It, uh, you know and, and that's if you have that presence and know how to connect with an audience, that's the secret of show business. Not just wrestling, not just rock and roll, not just comedy, not just podcasting, but anything in show business. When you have a crowd that's excited to hear what you're going to say, 
you'll always have a fan base and you'll always have a job. Yeah. And I mean, and that, and that goes to show with all the times that you've reinvented yourself and had new gimmicks. I mean, cause you know, like since Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan, he pretty much did the same thing until he was in NWO, but it was just Hulk Hogan. You have had all these different gimmicks. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've always been Chris Jericho, but there was uh, Lionheart, Y2J, Savior Chris Jericho. You had, you had the list. Now you have your, AEW character was that always in your mind like I have to con- constantly be doing these new it things it all started when I got to well first of all it all started when I first got in the business where I always wanted to have the best ring gear you mm. know what I mean and I always went out of my way even when I had no money I would always try and get a new pair of tights you know once a month or once every couple months and I had a lady that would one of my friends moms would make them and then as you get you know you get costume designers and sure. that sort of thing but so and then when I got to WWE I realized a, I'm on TV every week. If yeah. I don't change something, people are going to get bored of me very quickly. Yeah. So I would always fuck with my facial hair, you know, the beard this week or Fu Manchu this week or just sideburns, <laughs> then also mess with my hairstyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then when um, they started putting out action figures and they would put action figures out three, four times a year, if you had a new new costume, they would put an action figure out of it. So oh, that's just more money whoa. in my pocket. So I would get new tights once again every month. Changed my hair, changed my hair. So your tight lady budget went up. <laughs> yeah, but once again, you got you to spend money to make money. You have to. Yeah. Invest like, in yourself, right? Yes. It's like like I said, like super influenced by Kiss and Paul and Gene. And, 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 and you know, you think Savvy those costumes dude, were, were mm. cheap in 1975 Fuck when they no. had no money, but no. So you put your money back into the show. And so yeah. I would always have glitter and, and different colors. So how many figures were coming out? I think, I think, I lost count because they don't send them to me. <laughs> I think there's almost... 200 Jericho dolls since 1998. <laughs> wow. There's got to be some super fan out there with a room full of you. I, I hope there is somebody out there that has a, a full of me. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them. Because I'd love to That's see That's what I'm them, saying. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah just, just see them all. Wow. That was the time I changed that. That was the time yeah. I did that. That's so, brilliant, So it dude. came with that. And then, and then when I came back in 2007, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was gone for two years. Just I got fed up with wrestling. I got burned out. So I left for a couple years. I came back. And I came back as kind of a watered-down version of Y2J. Mm-hmm. And I realized after about two, th- this isn't working. Like, I'm, 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 d- there's, I'm done. Like, yeah. this character was a product of 2000 to 2003 or four. Yeah. And I can't bring it back. And at the time, I had just seen the movie uh, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. which had uh, Javier Bardem playing Anton yeah. Chigurh. Yeah, Javier Bardem. Very, <laughs> yeah. Friendo. He was a very soft-spoken yeah. lunatic. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to kill you. Right. This is how it's going to be, and there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. Right. Not, ah! So right. I started implementing that. Uh, a lot of Nick Bockwinkle, who's a wrestler from, from AWA, we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Suits and ties, using big words, talking over people's heads, but very quietly and slowly. It was a whole new persona. It was complete bad guy, and that's when I was like, I'm getting rid of everything. I'm taking off my makeup like Kiss did in 83. Yeah. How much do you... I switched from long tights to short tights. I got rid of the, the countdown. Mm-hmm. I told mm-hmm. the announcers, never, ever call me Y2J. Ever. Yeah. That never say that name again. Yeah. All of those little things influence people to realize he's different now. Yeah. It's not just the same guy with the same costume doing the same shit, but now he's a bad guy. Like he's a son of a bitch. And he, all the stuff I loved about Chris Jericho was gone, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's where I kind of started realizing like if I revamp myself when things yeah. start getting stale, I'll always have, I'll never be a nostalgia guy. Yeah. Right, where everyone's just like, hey, do the move that you did 30 yeah, yeah. years you ago know, when I was say, a kid. Say suck it or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> right. And then 
around the same time started really understanding the genius of David Bowie and Madonna as well. Mm -hmm. And also Undertaker always changed at that time. But really it was Bowie where I was like, this guy, every album is different from the last. Every look is different. The sound is different. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to be like David Bowie. And that's where it really kicked in to where now I specifically change things just to change them. Like the list, if I, and there's another reason why I didn't go back to WWE because I know if I went back, I'd have to be the list. The list is done. The list was a period of time. It was great. I can't go back and go, you're on the, you you just made the list. I would feel really stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's done. Yeah. It's done. You know, so So. it's time to move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Constantly evolve, change, create. And, and uh, I think people live vicariously through that. Yeah. And could, well, and cause, your fans change. They get older. Yeah. They're in they're in new stages of life. Yeah. They're they're going through new things. So you should change with them because they're they're not going to always want the same old yeah. thing. Like when I go to a Metallica show, a Kiss show, or any show that I go to, I want ACDC. I like it when they play new songs because yeah. I understand as an artist, it's like, geez, I wish they would like the Kiss. I wish they would just do all seventies. Kiss has been around for forty years. If they just did all seventies, you're basically saying the last thirty years sucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I get it, play the lion's share, but throw a couple right. ladies tunes in, throw sure. a couple new tunes in. That's what keeps you uh, excited as an artist and excited as 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 a fan. I mean, hell, you just saw the Rolling Stones a few weeks ago. I did I, another example. How were they? Amazing. Wow. And I've seen them five times, and this might be the best time that I've seen them. Dang. Because they're just getting better, and it's not better for old guys. Better for anybody. Yeah. Once again, and and and, the, and people say to me like, "How do you still do a lion salt like a backflip yeah. ring?" Mm-hmm. It's like for me, I've been doing it since I was twenty two years old. It's just muscle memory. Yeah, I could probably do it when I was seventy because it's nothing to me. It's like standing up out of this chair. Mm-hmm. How does Mick do it at seventy six? Because he's been doing it since he was nineteen. This is what the Stones do. Yeah, it's all they've ever done. They play music. If he, if he didn't do it, he would feel fucking dead. Yeah. So I think as we get older. And the, the 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 line of what's old is kind of disappearing. Yeah, I remember sure. when my dad was my age. He was wearing you know velour sweatsuits and big giant glasses. And done. <laughs> now it's like fuck. I mean, what, what's the cool? What, what kind of Varvado stuff can I get? Yeah, no right. Shit. Yeah, you know whatever. Like let's just keep. If you try, yeah, to stay young, you can stay young. And, and you're you're doing it with your move set too. You have a brand new finisher, yeah. and you're 48 years old, and you're doing a brand new finisher, the the Judas Effect, Judas right? Judas Effect, yeah. Yeah, which is a spinning back elbow. Spinning back elbow, because that started because I started doing MMA training yeah. for the last six months, which just opened up my whole mind once again for training. Sure. Doing the same shit all the time. You're phoning it in. I was phoning in all my workouts. You could tell, huh? Can tell because yeah, yeah. when I started doing MMA, it kept me on my toes. It opened up my mind mentally. It reminded me when I started doing yoga. Mm-hmm. Like this is real. And I feel it. I'm fucking excited. Yeah. And a spinning back elbow was just something we did. You know, punch, kick, punch, kick, left, right, upper hub. Do a spinning elbow. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> That's really easy to do. And a good finishing move in wrestling mm-hmm. is something that you can give to anybody. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. Mm. For example, the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah. You can give that move to Rey Mysterio. You yep. can give it to Big Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a torture rack where you're picking someone up on your shoulders, not a good idea. <laughs> right. Because you're not going to give that to the Big Show. No. A spinning back elbow is super easy. It's an easy move to take. It's yep. an easy move to give. Yep. But also, if you don't know what it feels like to get an elbow to the face, you can pretty much guess. And it's a lot easier to figure out than what it feels like to take a, a suplex from the top <laughs> rope. <laughs> right? Nobody likes to get punched in the face. No. 
So, what about a golden topping? Will that ever become a move? <laughs> that should yeah. the golden topping. I think when you run out of ideas, I mean, that's I not, mean, if you could do it, maybe like a dynamite kid headbutt. I think this golden is what, topping. <laughs> Come it's on, one of those things that you know uh, over the uh, you know everyone like remember when Tom Petty went back and did Mud Crunch, yeah. Mud Crunch. Yeah, it was his band. He always wished he could have done it, and then when he finally got some notoriety, he went and did it. I'm going to go do my golden showers <laughs> open mic tour. I've signed up. Hey, you've, you know what? At, the, at this point, which with all you've done and all you've been successful at, it would not surprise me to see the Chris Jericho Netflix comedy special <laughs> yeah. within, five, within five years. I did do... Stay uh, in your lane, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking our jobs. I did do um, a couple, actually quite a few, like a spoken word. Yeah. yeah. These are the words of Jericho, I call yeah. it. Yeah, one man show. And they were basically like, when guys do them, they do Q&As, and I didn't want to do that. I just basically told stories, long-form stories. And it was it was kind of a comedy thing. But yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that is hard, hard work to stay engaged. And when people aren't laughing, Stay in that pocket, <laughs> yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about your podcast, which is so good. I, I want to know, like, what's... Um, again, you were talking just about like branding yourself, but you're such a you're so personable, and I feel like you've always been this way. Mm-hmm. So that was such a natural move for you, right, to do yeah. that, and all the people you know. Do you have any um, favorite episodes or chats that you were more, um, you know, that you walked away from being like, holy shit? Like, because when we first started out, you know, again, coming up on 500 eps, there's been a handful where like you walk away being like, man, thank God we do this because that was, yeah, I knew it was going to be great, but then there's just certain chunks of the conversation or something the person says. Like I saw, I can't remember the name of the person that talked UFOs with you, mm. but that shit is just fascinating to me. And I'm going to immediately go back and listen to that one. But like, were there some that that yeah, stood well, out? I love the concept of podcast because, um, first of all, I know what it's like to get asked the same questions all the time. Yeah, I, sure. I know what a good interview is. And I know what a bad interview is. And a bad interview is someone takes a, a list of questions and they just read the questions. They're not listening to what you're saying. Right. They have an agenda. Yep. The best conversations are conversations. Yeah. If I if I met you guys in a bar and we're just shooting the breeze. You don't have a, a list of questions. No. You just talk. Yeah. And that's where you really learn about people. So that was cool to me. And the other one was, A, I get a chance to talk to my friends for an hour, which barely ever happens. I know, right? Yeah. You that's know what the I great mean? excuse of that's it all. The big, and the other one is, I get a chance to meet people that I've always wanted to meet and yeah. talk to them. You're welcome. You know but I mean? think, um, yeah, no, it's a big deal for you. Yeah. Big, so, fan, um, big fan of the heat over here. The, question, the, the, yeah. big, the, big, like, the big ones for me, I mean, the one that I always wanted was Paul Stanley. You yeah. Know, I yeah. wanted Paul Stanley. He's a big Paul Stanley fan. Paul's been on four times now. And the moment I finished with Paul, we were backstage at a Kiss show. He took me into the, to the catering area and said to everybody listening, this guy's good. You guys should all do an interview with him. Oh, wow. And then Dude. two weeks later, I get an email from Gene's people. And then, so... Amazing. One of the reasons why people like it is because it's just a chat. And yeah. another great one was Lemmy, um, yeah, where I went to his house, uh, and he. I was told Lemmy's not a good interview, and I've known Lem for years, and mm-hmm. he's not a talkative guy if he doesn't want to be. Sure. But I walked in there, I set up my rig. He was looking at bass guitars on his computer. I just started talking. What kind of guitar? That's a Paul, a Paul, uh, Paul McCartney, nineteen sixty-seven, and blah, blah, blah. it's a Rickenbacker. And we talked about guitars and. Didn't even realize that we were on. I never told him that we were on. Yeah, smart He's move. He yeah. knows we're fucking talking. Yeah. He sees me yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. dude, we talked for an hour and a half. We're smoking cigarettes. We're drinking vodka. It's <laughs> like I hadn't smoked a cigarette in 20 years, but when Lemmy asks you if you want to smoke yeah. in his <laughs> you house. You do. Yeah. What, are you going to tell Snoop Dogg you don't <laughs> yeah. smoke weed? Yeah. Come exactly. on, yeah. man. And at the end of it, it was great. And he goes, that's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And that's what Paul said. And that's what a lot of people, Ian Ziering said, like just random people from all yeah. over. 
Uh, and so uh, William Shatner was an amazing guest. Uh, Vanilla Ice was an amazing guest. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> are people hitting you up now to want yeah. to be on? That's the, the, the yeah. UFO guy SMQ. We don't know his real name. He contacted me via Twitter and said, "I have some information that you have to tell the world." My government informant has told me about this, and it's just like all of this stuff about you know all of these things. And uh, like, so when you're getting it's amazing when you're getting called from these people because I'm now I'm known as a paranormal place. Yeah, come tell your story. Yeah, and I always wanted that to be a part. That's cool, well. dude. Yeah, because you've had a you, you you've had a, a flat earther on where yeah. you're like, hey, I'm not I'm not going to yeah, tell you you're judge. an idiot, right? Let, let let let's just hear your story. There's a forum to tell me, and if somebody once again is committed to what they're saying, it yeah. always makes for a great hour. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd rather you know? I'd rather have that conversation with like for let's say a flat earther who I don't believe, yeah. but I'd I'd rather just hear them say why they believe a certain thing than me just be like, and, you're an idiot, right? And, and I don't stops. believe it either. But when you finish talking for an hour, you go. You never know. Because every question I had, he's got an answer. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like, I learned from this, you know, and, yeah. and um, all of it's so much fun to me. And, and also, once again, being creative, who am I going to have on this week? And I've created some of my own shows, like Classic Album Clash, where we pit two albums by the same band. They go toe to toe. So a lot of people want to be involved in that. Or I do watch alongs. I did a watch along with Kevin Smith with Bad News Bears. He loves oh the Bad News Bears. God. I love the Bad News Bears. I saw you yeah. had like some, uh, a gal from Fandango doing the uh, Christmas yeah, they, movie they preview. Yeah. The, and then she's great because she knows everything about movies awesome. and I know nothing. So yeah. <laughs> we have good chemistry. So you get these, like, it's like Johnny Carson, we would have like the animal guy would come or like yeah. Amazing Creskin would come. Like, yeah. Yeah, his little All these different people. Guests. Um, you've had you, you, you've had the great Brad Williams on now twice. Twice, yeah, 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 it was yeah, very, very good. good. The last one we haven't aired it yet. So it's a full episode awesome. then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and There's then, two half episodes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then my then my personal favorite. I have to tell everyone to, to listen to this one. It's the one where you go into a deep dive about the Mandela effect. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, he was just telling me about this. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was tripping Adam out because I go, hey, you, you know that part in The Empire Strikes Back where uh, Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father? He goes, yeah. I go, that never happened. Never happened, yeah. And I literally started to, in my head, be like, yeah, because it was right after he walked out of the, and then Yoda was, there, that. wait, yeah. what? Like, yeah. never happened. I couldn't think of. And that's what I like, because I have a lot of paranormal contacts and, and mm -hmm. I was like, do you know what this Mandela effect? Call this lady. Do you know someone that uh, the Flat Earther called this guy? Call this person. Call this. So you, you have this amazing array of all these people with these wonderful stories yeah. and I think another reason like I wanted to, my show to be like uh, you know like, like the Carson show like to say Jimmy Fallon yeah. I'll watch yeah. Jimmy Fallon because I like Jimmy I don't care who the guest is yeah. some of them I'm more excited about but I'll give it sure. a try so I never have a guest on because the company told me to or I never have a guest on because I think it's going to do ratings I have a guest on because I think they're interesting if yeah. I don't think they're interesting, if I can't get anything out of them, I won't have them on. And Stacy all the time will say, so and so wants to go, on. I got to pass. What am I going to do with this guy? Yeah, good move. You know, what am I going to do with that guy? And so. Why'd you point at me when you did that? <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot my name. The yeah. worst guest I ever had, uh, Mike Tyson. No really? way. And I've worked with Mike. Mike was my tag team partner for whatever wow. reason. And I was in Hawaii on vacation with my family. We've been trying to get Mike for years. And he finally has got something to promote. And I drive. We find this crazy studio in some guy's house where I think he's going to throw the lotion in the basket. And, throw me down <laughs> the and Mike just did not want to talk. Wow. I had like, I, I, at this one, I actually went in there with some ideas. Yeah. And so this will give me half an hour easy and we'll fill in the rest. So I'll, you know, I get 45 minutes out of him. I was done with my questions in five minutes. And I got to fill another, four. I need 45 minutes. Why was yeah. he so salty? Did you kick I, him out of scimitar? Like, why was he so, <laughs> don't know. I still remember that day. It's like it was my, like it was yesterday. Chris. Dude, we, I we to play the literally, 
We're yeah. tag team partners. He turned on me and, and you were buddies me out at that point. Rock. Like you, I mean, yes, good rapport. Yes. We had a whole show. Yeah, and he, he's like, "Let's talk about this." And he goes, "Yeah, I never mean, funny," and that's it. Oh. And so finally, what I did, and this is what you guys were talking about earlier, you're pros, and sometimes it's easy, and sometimes you got to realize how good are you guys. Yeah. And I said, you know what? To myself, if he's not going to say anything. I'll fucking talk, and you can listen to me, Mike. And I just talked and 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 talked. Did talk. you get anything back? Like uh, nothing. And we, I remember we were trying to pull quotes for an ad, and and we couldn't even pull a quote. Like there was maybe one or two quotes to put in there. But dude, he's got the whole Austin, right? Tyson, like they turned, like they turned the whole business around. Yeah, nothing, 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 nothing. You know, I, I didn't think, man, he's funny. Like, that's it. That's all you got. <laughs> so, that was your entire yeah. experience in wrestling? Yeah. The main but, here's, but here's the thing. Now yeah. I can say, whether it was a great show or a shitty show, I can say Mike Tyson was on my show. Yeah, totally. And that's all I need. I got the name that yep. I can use in my little blurb for when somebody says, well, what's this? When I approach Keith Richards for the 1500th time and go, <laughs> hey, who else has been on the show? Is any publicist will ask. Yeah. Well, this guy, this guy, this guy, Mike Tyson. It's blah, a big blah, blah, name, something. dude. Yeah, carries weight. Yeah, yeah, Is there exactly. a uh, dream guest? Somebody that you've... Paul McCartney, <sighs> Keith Richards. Come on. Yeah, I'd love to have Ozzy. I don't think Ozzy does podcasts. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Just throw any of those guys out there and I'd love to have them. But Paul, sure. Paul's the big one. And it pisses me off because Hardwick, that son of a bitch, got Paul McCartney. Oh. And Chris is a great guy and he's a good friend of mine. It's like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> and he said, he just was always trying to get him and trying to get him. A publicist hey. asked him to do a couple other people and said, hey, Paul's available in New York City tomorrow at 6 p.m. Can you be there? Booked a ticket that night, took the ride out of New York, drove straight to his office, did the thing, flew back. That, so. And you know what? There's been guests like that where we were going back and forth with for three, sometimes four years, mm-hmm. and then eventually it just happens. I'm talking to you, John Stamos. You're going to come on the <laughs> damn podcast. You know, McCartney was in the audience at the improv when I, when I got off stage, wow. and so I beelined right past him. My buddy, right when I got off, he goes, you know, McCartney was uh, in the no. room to your set, and I go, and it was like a, probably 50 people at the improv on a Wednesday, right? So not even packed. He's back there with his manager, and so I walk by him to kind of position myself by him so that he'll wave me over and we become best friends. Yeah, of course. And he, and he does. He waves I, me over. He goes, Adam, he goes, it was great. It's very funny. He said, starts quoting a bit back to me, and I go, "Oh, thanks, Paul." And he goes, "Sit down, let's have a drink." You, what are we having? And I'm like, "I'll drink anything. I'll do anything to you." Like, well, I'm very vulnerable right now. <laughs> and so we have margaritas and fucking this chill. Really happened. I swear to God, dude, chill Shit. and watch the for, uh, show for 20 minutes. I'm not listening at all to the show because in my head I'm just like, "Don't fuck up <laughs> this moment. Don't fart again don't, hard." I don't know yeah, what I'm don't thinking. Spill you know? your margarita don't on spill the, your Sir Paul. On Sir Paul. And then finally I get up to leave, and he's going out. And I'm like, I gotta, I'd be crazy if I didn't throw. And this is how we get, you know, guests at some point. You don't ask, you don't get. And we had some rapport. We hung out for 20, 30 minutes. So I go, Paul, I got this podcast and, and, uh, and we start naming some guests and whatever. And I go, if you're around anytime. And he's like, oh, if we're going to actually leave uh, to Japan uh, in the morning. And I go, well, what time? We can come to you. And he goes, it's not going to happen. But he smiled. But you tried. gave me a hug. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I'm pretty sure you're trying. You know? But I was like, dude, he was, you know. Dude, I, uh, I went to the Rock and Hall of Fame when, when Ringo got inducted my cousin yeah. and i go every year and we have a contact that works for the for the rolling for rolling stone magazine nice. she can get us onto the floor where all the artists are but we can't sit anywhere so we and we can't stand anywhere but they technically can't kick us out so we just uh, walk around there you go. and i noticed when the bands play 
after they inducted, everyone stands up. Yeah. And of yeah. course, right when I got there, I spot, okay, there's Paul, right. uh, there's Ringo, there's there's uh, there's Olivia Harrison, there's Yoko. They're all standing there. I'll save the Yoko story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, so everyone's standing up during Green Day. I'm like, let's go. My cousin Chad's a brother. He was on the cruise. Yeah. So it's like, he knows what to do. So we walk straight up to the front. He stopped for a couple of seconds by a table. It's like, dude, how are you, man? And some good guy's looking at, okay, how you doing? Like, who's the fuck this guy? <laughs> we walk right there. I'm standing right beside fucking Paul and Ringo. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was Green Day. They were doing uh, American yeah. Hey, yeah. So then they finish, and Paul has a, the security guard, and they start walking to the bathroom. Like, this yeah. is it, my chance. I walk right beside him, but there's a row of tables in us, so we happen to just meet up in the at the pass. There you go. Oh, hey, Paul, it's Green Day, they're pretty rocking. I'm like, fucking, they're fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you having a good time? Yeah, yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm like, hey, I see you got a, a security in front of you. If you need uh, any security guard, I got your back in case any of the ninjas come and try and attack you. <laughs> and I'm, as I'm saying, I'm like, what is it? And he even goes, he goes, ninjas? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and then I go, like, I just had a high five, Paul. You can high five. <laughs> so uh, and this whole other thing with Yoko happens. And then we go to the after party where Paul's yeah. sitting there. Uh, uh, he's talking to, to uh, Joe Walsh. Yeah. And you know it sounds like such a nail. And Paul McCartney sitting with Joe Walsh yeah, right no. mm-hmm. So Paul he he gets up finally goes to start eating some cheese. And now of course all the zombies start yeah to him. Mm-hmm. And they start asking him for pictures. Yep. And I, I I remember on the Hardwick podcast he says he doesn't like it when people start taking pictures because then he becomes him. He'd mm. rather just talk to you. Right. But when you take the picture out, then he's. Paul McCartney. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I noticed that everyone's taking pictures, so I go over to him, and I've done this before with Lars Ulrich and Bill Murray, where I, I run interference and get them out nice. when they need help. Um, so I go over to Paul, and go, hey, man, if you need any help, you know, uh, you know, getting these people away from you, let me know. And he goes, who are you, man? <laughs> he goes, are you, a, are you a security guard or a cameraman? Yeah. And I'm like, Cam-? like I don't know if he's a TMZ. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, listen, if I have any problems with the ninjas... I'll give you a call. Oh my God. And he walks away and I'm like, you remember the ninjas? Yeah. <laughs> and he even called it back to me. Yes, he called it back. Dude, that's a win right <laughs> and there. That's why he's Sir Paul Fitz. It's going to happen, Carter, dude. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Man, you know, you know may- maybe. The stars uh, will align. Yeah. The guy's not going to stop touring anytime soon. You're no, going to be in the right city, just, the right place. You, you know? just played Dodger Stadium. One of these days, that's what I mean. Same with Keith and Mick. One of these days, they'll have something to promote and somebody will cancel. Oh, yeah. and someone will get in there. Or, dude, you'll be in a place where it's like, we just need to hit a guitar center and grab a Zoom and a mic and go to his hotel. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, yeah, that's the thing. And like I said, like I have my show. I think we're over 200 million downloads. So it's a hit. It's yeah. got, I've, I've got 20 rock and hall of famers. Like whatever you need, I got them. Right. You know, but, but one of these days it, 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 uh, you know, it'll, it'll happen if it's meant to happen. So. It, it, it. It will. And when make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Talk is Jericho. Yeah. So when it does happen, you get it. Make, and you get to hear Brad Williams in an upcoming episode. Yes, Come on. you will. And, uh, and make sure that you watch AEW. The new TV show starts October 2nd on TNT. Yes. Watch the great Chris Jericho wrestle. Uh, go see Fozzie when they're on tour. I'm going to go see you when you come back to Southern California and you're opening up for Iron Maiden. Yeah. That show I am absolutely going to be at. Yeah, that show I think is sold out or close to. It. I mean, it's, it's, that once again is one of the greatest days of my life. We were in New Zealand on tour yeah. with Fozzie. I woke up in the middle of, of, of the night with jet lag and I checked my emails. I got an email from uh, Iron Maiden's manager, who I know, Rod Smallwood. And he's like, hey, do you want to play a show with us in September? And I emailed him back, a show with who? He goes, Iron Maiden, you fucking idiot. I'm like, I, th- I thought you meant some other <laughs> yeah. shitty band that you're right. managing. I'm like, yes, 
Yes, we'll play it. I didn't know when. I didn't know where. And then it comes back. It's at the stadium, the Bank of California Stadium. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then five hours later, I get another email from Kevin Smith's producer. Uh, Kevin wants you to be in the new Jay and Silent Bob movie. And here's the part. It's like this wicked part. I'm like, this is the greatest professional day of my life. That's awesome. Iron Maiden and Jay and Silent Bob. Like, tell me. Wait, it's so you're done. the one, the new one that's coming yeah. out? Reboot, yeah. Yeah. That literally, I mean, come on. The, you know, the, that's unbelievable. Was yeah. it the best? It was great, and it's a great part, and it's uh, it's 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 awesome. Like I just bet to it's work with crush. him, and it's funny because you watch the credits, and it's uh, let me get this in order: uh, Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, <laughs> Val Kilmer. <laughs> Uh, no fucking way! Right after. I'm like, that's not a bad uh, one. That's of degree, these though, right? is not like the <laughs> yeah, other exactly. ones. Exactly, it's Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because uh, his name's not Chris. And then and the uh, cruises uh, happen yeah. when uh, January 20th to yeah. 24th. Rock and uh, Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Two. Yeah. Wrestlers, comedians, rock bands. Yeah, it so, sounds like so it, much paranormal. It, paranormal oh, really? stuff. It's amazing. I, w- I I went on the first one. It's the best damn time you're ever gonna have in your life. You said you you said in the opening this is gonna be the best vacation of your lives, and it was. Yeah. It it true it truly was. And if you go to the cruise, uh, you'll see the kind of people that are gonna that are gonna yeah. be on the cruise. So you can do meet and greets. You can watch. You can watch. It's wrestling. a blast. Yeah, ChrisJerichoCruise.com, but you gotta hurry because we're ninety six percent sold out. There Dang. you go. Yeah. yeah. There's like less than forty cabins yeah. or something. And I'm a left. numbers guy. I Divide, subtract every single day. Hey, I told my wife, we're 95.875635% sold out. Did you do cruises as a kid? Why was that no, such uh, a... Did the, did the Kiss Cruise, uh, Fozzie played the Kiss Cruise, yeah. and I just saw the whole community that it was, and yeah. how, much, how many uh, activities there was to do. Like, yeah. You don't have to be a Kiss fan to enjoy it. No. And then I said, what am I known for? Rock and roll wrestling. I want to do a cruise. I think I can do it. Took me three years to figure out how the fuck to do it, and then mm-hmm. uh, you know, here we go. We, Home run. We're getting ready for number two. Wow, it's not going to stop anytime soon. I bet. Yeah, you know, I, I always I wanted to do a destination vacation, yeah. make it a franchise. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, everyone made money on the first one, but me. But that'll change hopefully. Soon. <laughs> yeah, it will change. Yeah, it's baby. Uh, so baby. You have an insane <laughs> schedule. We have insane schedules. I'm so glad this worked yeah, out. Yeah, Thanks for thank making time, so man. Much. Was Real honor, dude. Time. I can repay the favor. <laughs> done and done. Thank you, Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also... 
Get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Man, what's up, dog? This is your pal Bugs Bunny. Say, uh, I got a question for you. Do you know who has the head of Elmer Fudd and the body of Foghorn Leghorn? Why, that's Adam Ray and Brad Williams. Ain't I a stinker? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.